Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse. This episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you're looking for new jerseys for your 16-inch softball league or if you're coaching a little league team, they got you covered. Any colors you want, any design you want, they'll hook it up. Go to their website to get some design inspiration. They got hundreds of designs on there for you and fill out a custom form to get going. Make sure to let them know that Morale sent you and you get additional 25% off your order. www.clubhouseathletic.com It's www.clubhouseathletic.com Now let's get into it. We got a fun show today starting it off with Morale Zale himself. Albert Alzale comes in and gives us a little bit of Morale Quote of the Week and even drops us his Olive Garden date pick of the week. We then talk a little recap on the Milwaukee series, Wrigley North, paying the bills, getting beat up a little bit. Um, We talk about the Crosstown series coming up and bring in Brian from White Sox Twitter to get their perspective, and then take it out into the outlook for the next week. All right, I'm in. How's it going, Fred? I'm in, I'm in. Can you hear me? Let me just... uh... I can hear you fine. All right, perfect. Let me tweet this out right now. Give me a second. I think you're right. Just shouldn't be doing All right. Well, we're going to get it started. Today is Monday, May 2nd. The Cubs are 9 and 13, coming back from Wrigley North. Crosstown Rivalry Week. And we have a special guest to give us the morale quote of the week. Adverse morale's a lie. Al's a lie. Adbert, welcome to the Morale Clubhouse. What's good? What's good? Hello. Oh, here we go. Yes, Adbert, you hear us. Yes. Perfect. Um, I was just telling everybody here, thanks again for joining us. Um, if people were not aware, you've been you've been a morale athlete pretty much since you got to the bigs. I know you drink a lot of morale blends. I know you're one of the most positive people (laughs) out there and you are all about it, always tweeting positive things. And that's kind of how we want to start off the show. I mean, uh, it's Monday. So what I can say, it's it's a beautiful day. I wake up this morning uh, with great attitude, you know, got to the field. Well, first of all, I went to do my MRI to make sure uh, I'm ready to start throwing uh, this next week. So uh, getting back on, on track. So I just wake up this morning, you know, uh, have my morale coffee. And then, and then just, uh, you know, sit, sit down with my coffee and start thinking uh, what a... Uh, what a beautiful day this was, and then just to start uh, planning on my day, you know. Uh, got up, uh, big motivation uh, going on with my wife, you know, we sat together, uh, we did our meditation and everything, so we will start the, the, the week with the right foot. Absolutely incredible. Again, for the people that have been joining us, we always um, tweet out, your, or we always say your tweets, your positive tweets, and this was hearing it from you, from the actual person that's coming up with this great positivity, these great monikers and great phrases is incredible, and we really appreciate it. We don't want to keep you long, Advert, but can you just fill us in? 
How's the body feeling? I know you just talked about the MRI. You don't have to go into details on when you'll be back. I know that's private information, but how's the body feeling? And um, what have you been working on outside of outside of uh, the pitcher's mound right now? So uh, body is feeling amazing. You know, got back to start working on my full body again. You know, got cleared out to start doing more exercises with uh, my right hand. So we're getting back on track. Body is feeling really good, like, like I said. Um, just waiting probably, like I said before, uh, next week I'm going to start uh, playing cards again, see how that goes, and then we build up from, from there. And then it's just, uh, to be honest, it's just more like being focused on, on, on my mental uh, health and the mental side of the game right now because, you know, like I like to be with the guys. I like to be involved. I like to be there all the time. And then this this month that I haven't been with the team, you know, it's just like sometimes affects you, like can you know, like get getting to your mind, you know, with the team or that. But yeah. been working uh, in, in that mental aspect a lot, you know, uh, keep you're just keeping positive all the time. Like I show on, on, on Twitter, like I show on Instagram too, you know, you're just trying to stay positive all the time and surround myself with with people that think the same as me. Absolutely. We love that. We love hearing the positivity. The last thing we're going to ask from you, Albert, again, we're very thankful that you're joining us. I know you grind and you watch every single inning, every single pitch, every single game. Out of the whatever 20-some-odd games we've seen so far, give me the player that you are most proud of and would want to take to Olive Garden as a sign of respect and a sign of and a sign of appreciation. To be honest, I got to go with Scott Efron. Man, this guy have shown everyone what he really can do, you know. I'm so excited for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Uh, he's been my teammate since we were in, down in South Bank in 2016. So I know this guy pretty well. I'm just seeing him make it to the big league and, and having the success. Uh, now making the opening day roster also. Like, you're, you're, you're seeing the excitement on him and seeing, like, he's putting on work and, and, and doing his part out there with the team. It's just amazing, you know. So I love, I love the guy. So that's my guy. I love it. I love it. Smashing breadsticks with Scott Efros. I know he's, I know he's a big morale fan too. I know he's all about it. Um, love to see that. Abert, we don't want to keep you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for giving us some positivity. Thank you for boosting our morale, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds Thanks good. again, my man. Sounds good. Just remember, you always gotta keep pushing. You know, like even when times are going not good like sometimes something can be going your way but you always gotta stay positive you know you, you always gotta gotta keep pushing forward and always gotta gotta bring that energy that energy up absolutely cubs in form my man cubs in four all right we'll see you thanks again bye bye see ya Amazing. We needed that positivity yeah, coming did. after coming after this week, and I think it's very timely too. Even when things seem down, you got to keep bringing that energy. Fred, take us into this week. Talk about last week. Take us into this week. Yeah, and I know it was, I know it was a tough weekend um, from the sense that we lost whatever. Well, two of three got outscored by like 20 runs. I get it. Uh, I watched the same game you did. I know it can be frustrating at times, especially when you lose to Milwaukee at Wrigley North. Um, 
before I get on any tangent, that was incredible. Uh, Advert has been the man for a long time, and we're always very thankful for his support. And every single word he said right there was as genuine as it could get. And uh, man, that was great. I, I didn't think I didn't think he would go. Well, not saying I, I didn't think he would, but that w- that was more than I expected. That was awesome. He's the best. The best. We needed that, and also. I need to figure out, you know, if we can get this going every week. I mean, that is a great uh, boost of morale to start this off. Um, I have a couple of topics to recap from last week for you. Um, there's a lot, as you said, that we need to dive into. But I always like to start on some some happier notes like that one. Um, yeah. One of them being the Contreras and the Brothers uh, videos oh, yeah. that came out last week. He's so raw. I know I've been saying genuine a few times with Advert because he is. Wilson's the same way. I mean, I know everyone will use the phrase like wearing your emotion or heart on your sleeve. And I think Wilson is the perfect example of that. I'm always been a, I've always been a Wilson fan. Even though I've been blocked by Wilson, I've been unblocked by Wilson, I've been followed by Wilson, I've been unfollowed by Wilson. I am still going to support this guy because... He is a – he just wears it all on his sleeve. He does not care uh, if you see his emotion or not. He's going to be himself and act, you know, in whatever fashion he believes is necessary. He, this it, it's, not, it's not an act. It's as real as it can get. Um, and, yeah, that, that was absolutely awesome. You can just tell how much it means to the guy. And I know we talk about it a lot, like – extending players like Wilson Contreras, like giving them op- giving them the opportunity to be Cubs for life. And whether or not you agree or disagree or think the player is worth it or not, I think it can't be understated and dismissed how much baseball, the Chicago Cubs, the opportunity they're getting means to them. And uh, just to see his brother, I mean, his, you know, it's, he, he hangs out with his brother a lot. He talks to his brother a lot, but just to be in that, you know, scenario and situation is pretty telling to show how much it means to these guys and it's not just about dollars and it's it's about you know the experience and all everything they've put into it so yeah that's awesome i'll go to war for Wilson Contreras, even though you know again blocked unblocked followed unfollowed um i'll support that guy to the grave he's our backstop my backstop and uh you need more of those guys you need more of those guys in a locker room if you want to win whether that be now or in the future, you need those types of attitudes uh, to win and be successful. And he's obviously a world champion because of it. One more positive to bring up before we unpack the Milwaukee. RBI machine is the NL rookie of the month. And he's giving us the GIF of the year with that uh, wisdom home run celebration. Say yeah. Suzuki. With uh, our guy, Ian, who uh, I'm not breaking the news. I know we put it up on Instagram, got engaged today, got engaged this afternoon. Maybe it was last night. I'm not really sure. Uh, But congratulations to him. Yes, that was an awesome gift. It was, uh, I mean, listen, the first month, while say I know he's on that 0 for 15 streak for a little bit coming into this series, and I think finishing yesterday with that double, um, it's been much more than anyone would have expected. I know he's kind of cooled off with the home runs, but to be NL Rookie of the Month, to be productive, to almost have a you know F four 
up around one uh, for one month of play is awesome. And I think he's only going to get better. I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles a little bit. But, again, these are some uh, learning times for him. He's got to go Got to go through those uh, – the, the ups and downs of being a rookie and getting pitched to differently and being part of a new country, new organization, new everything, right? So really, really happy for the guy. He seems like an absolute joy to be around. Someone that I bet him and Adbert would probably – you know, just it would just be all positive, great things, which I'm obviously all about. And yeah, super happy for the guy, and hopefully he can continue it going into the summer. All right, let's dive into the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Milwaukee this past weekend. Uh, a couple of tough blowouts Friday and Saturday, and then taking one away on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to starting pitching. I think our guy Justin Steele. Didn't get helped uh, or didn't get a whole lot of help in his start. A lot of broken bats, few errors. I know people, well, we actually haven't talked about it uh, from last week, the whole Michael Hermosillo. Um, I know people think he should be in AAA. Uh, didn't help himself with an error again. Uh, a couple errors over the week. You know, it, it's tough when you're in a situation where you're down six, seven, eight runs. And I know you want to be able to come back. I'm not justifying the Cubs only scoring one run or a few runs for those two games that they were down, but it's really hard to come back when you're down so much and you kind of feel obviously defeated, but you feel like what's the point and the other team just steamrolling you. So uh, not great. I mean, the Cubs obviously have things to work on, but the start, it starts with the starting pitching. It's what Jed said at the beginning of the year. It's what he said in the offseason. It all comes down to starting pitching. I think the offense is good enough to compete. Obviously, you need more guys to be swinging the bat better. Madrigal, Schwindel, uh, a few others to really ramp it up and give this team a, a true chance to compete, regardless of whether that's a competing for a third-place spot, for a division, for whatever it is. You're going to need more consistency for guys that you were expecting to uh, perform so overall yeah I mean really tough series I'm glad we got that win yesterday I've been talking to you a lot about it Adam I've almost got to the point now where I feel that Milwaukee and people might scoff at me for saying this but I kind of feel like Milwaukee is the number one rival because it transcends just the actual players on the field and the game it's more of the Wrigley North it's for me Christian Yelich it's you know Milwaukee Subway sandwiches it's Contreras hit by pitch Contreras hit by pitch it's much more than what many Cubs fans would say the Cardinals or maybe others would say the White Sox to me the White Sox is irrelevant I don't even really want to talk about the White Sox because uh, they get sensitive when they're talked about but regardless um, those games in Wrigley North are huge and, yeah, it does hurt when you get smoked by the Brewers at your, you know, second home ballpark uh, where you pay the bills uh, a couple times every single year. So, yeah, but that's got to turn around. Those are games that, you know, have to be won. Chicago needs to do a better job against uh, teams in Wisconsin. That's hopefully a trend that can change soon. Um, but at least we got that win yesterday, and at least Stroman got back uh, to what we know he can be. A uh, very, very, very solid pitcher who can get ground balls, induce weak contact, and kind of uh, 
carry a team. Not saying he's going to carry an entire team for weeks on on end, but his energy, uh, him motivating his teammates, can get people fired up, and you know, obviously, lead to good things. As tough as it has been uh, recently, I think it's always important to keep perspective, especially with those around you. And uh, I want to read a quote from an Ohioan Redditor um, to give you an idea where the Cincinnati Reds are at. Uh, They say, during the Friday, May 6th game against the Pirates, I'll be scaling the wall to defecate in the bed of the Toyota Tundra. If anyone could take photos of me, I'd appreciate it. Also, if anyone is down to also shit in the bed of the truck, meet me under the smokestacks in the top of the fourth inning. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's in a bad spot. They're in a bad spot. They've they've always been the dick ballers, and I think this year, man, to me, they just look like a team who's going to give up a lot of four-run homers this year, and I can't wait to go down there uh, and see that happen. Yes, it could be worse. No, I'm not comparing the Cubs organization to the Reds organization because they are the lowly Reds who have very little resources and very – uh, a very poor infrastructure to win, but at least we're not in a situation where we have fans wanting to defecate in the outfield in front of the rest of the stadium. So uh, it could be much worse. Just some perspective for today's Morale Clubhouse. Exactly. Um, all right, last thing, and then we'll start bringing you guys on, start requesting, we'll bring you in. Um, just want to touch on pitching a little bit. Obviously, tough with the runs getting runned up on Friday. Cut back in. Uh, as Adbert said, uh, with Scott Efros, uh, pitching, Stroh, and even Robertson, I want to touch on some of the guys that um, have been pitching well. Uh, Adbert said it perfectly. Scott Efros has been absolutely nails and that I mean he was actually and I, I I'm serious when I say this he was actually like the first baseball player to ever follow me probably legitimately six years ago back to when Adbert was referencing when they were playing in South Bend together um, I mean a guy who had and I think he would agree with me when I say this was not like a real prospect was not like a guy that you were looking at to play a big role in a major league bullpen, let alone a bullpen for the Chicago Cubs for a team who, granted, we might be rebuilding right now, but for a team where there's a lot of expectations and there are, you know, people trying to have the job that he has, it's not like he's pitching for the Reds or he's pitching for the Pirates. Like, he's getting – right-handed hitters out for the Chicago Cubs coming in against some of the best teams in baseball, like the Braves, like the Brewers, so on and so forth. And the fact that he's doing it and doing it at a uh, rate that is incredibly impressive is awesome. Not only for him clearly, but for the Cubs because they found a great way to develop these bullpen arms, which the same thing could be said for the starters. We're hoping that improves like with guys like Advert and Justin and a few others, uh, but it's awesome to see. Uh, Scott Efros deserves all the uh, praise for changing his arm slot, sticking with it, being a grinder, being a bulldog up there. It's awesome to see. And I personally, 
don't see him really fading just because what he does is so unique. And he's been really effective. It's not like a flash in the pan where he's just, like, getting a whole lot of weak contact and a lot of ground balls, and he's not striking anybody out. Like, all the peripherals look really good, and he's deserving of, like, facing some of the best right-handed hitters that the Cubs are going to see and see what happens because he continues to get them out. And if the Cubs can find a guy like that, that's absolutely enormous. So really happy for the guy, and uh, I hope it continues on. Again, he he was one of the first pl- baseball players, minor leaguer, major leaguer, to follow me, follow me, and that was six, seven years ago. All right, we started bringing our first people now. We got Guac Daddy Fresh on first. Hey, Dom, I agree with you on wholeheartedly. Um, my question for you, though, is – I was wondering how long do you think we keep Brennan Davis down in Iowa? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I I, I misheard. It, it was cutting in and out. Uh, Brennan, I know he's changed the number recently. I know he's been kind of struggling recently. I think it comes down to this. He's got to be ready. I know I tweeted out a couple months ago. When Brennan Davis is ready, when he's ready to send balls into Belmont Harbor and onto Montrose Beach, and the Cubs feel comfortable with him coming up, then that's the time you do it. I don't know if it's a sense where you need to bring him up right now because the Cubs aren't hitting. It's more of when is Brennan ready? When is he ready to mash? And when is he going to be comfortable at the big league level? It doesn't have to be like he has to hit 400 or he has to hit 350. It's really a sense that he's gone through a struggle like he's kind of gone through at the beginning of this year. He finds himself rebuilding himself or rebounding, however you want to phrase it. Um, and he finds more success, hitting the ball a little harder, hitting more line drives, striking out less. And through that process, through that maturation process and learning, um, then he'd be more prepared for obviously facing better pitching at the big league level. So I don't think it's a matter of really what's going on here. It's simply a matter of his production because I think a lot of people would agree that while I'm not giving up on the Cubs entirely for 2022, I don't think it's in our best interest to go all in this year in an effort to try to, you know, see what we can do in 2022 because our ceiling probably is relatively low compared to past years. Um, And we're just going to try to see if we can compete as much as we can. And if Brennan's ready in the summer or in June or at the end of the summer, in uh, August and September, that's fine. It's really up to when he's going to be ready and when the Cubs feel comfortable. I don't think the Cubs are holding him down purposely. I think it's just a matter of him going through some more learning lessons and uh, maturing a little bit more as a, as a hitter so he's truly ready to come up and, again, send baseballs to Waukegan and Montrose Beach and Lake Forest and Belmont Harbor. Cubs and four. Thanks, Tom. Cubs and four. God bless you and your family. Thanks, Quack Daddy. All right, next we have a question, a write-in from Jake Simon. Once everyone's healthy, what is the starting rotation going to look like, do you think? Hendrick, Steele, Stroman, Smiley, Miley, Mills, Azalei, Caleb, Killian, possibly later this year. Definitely a good problem to have, but some guys are going to have to go in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't want to speak for our guy, Advert. I know he probably wants to start. I could see him probably going back into the bullpen to try to build up his arm, build up some strength. And I think with Advert, not to make this specifically about him, I think his stuff is electric enough to where he can get guys out in a short period of time um, and kind of 
use a little bit more effort in that scenario, kind of like Keegan Thompson is doing right now, obviously as this long reliever shutdown guy for a few innings, however you want to call him. Uh, yeah, I'm still riding with Justin Steele. Um, I thought it was promising the fact that he was able to get a lot of weak contact, that he was really hitting his spots throughout the um, his start the other night. I know we gave up the, the runs, but a lot of them were unearned. Yeah, Strowman, obviously you have to do Miley, but who knows with Miley right now? I mean, it's kind of uneventful the fact that we're already a month into the season and there's no real talk of them. You don't really hear them um, thrown off the mound. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not reading the correct stuff, but I'm not hearing a whole lot like he's ramping up to come back. Smiley's been all right. Uh, the biggest thing, though, besides all of that, is what is Kyle Hendricks going to be? Um, if you look at his numbers, you look at the fastball velocity, which I know he doesn't care a whole lot about, everything looks kind of normal, which I find interesting to the fact that he is having the struggles that he's having. I know he struggled last year and he hasn't gotten off to such a great start. I know he had the, you know, shutout game against the pirates, but I was looking for something a little bit more consistent. Now, granted, Beginning of the season, I know, you know, the two-seamer sinker guy normally gets better as the season goes on. But this is a big year for Kyle to kind of – and I know he's been, you know, a staple for this lineup or for this starting rotation for a long time. But really to justify his place in the rotation moving forward, considering there's going to be a lot of moving parts and everyone's kind of up in the air when you have a team that's four games under 500 and you aren't really invested in this team. And obviously the trade deadline is going to be another big topic this year. So I just want to see Kyle pitch well, not only for his sake, but for our sake to really know what we have moving forward, because I do think he can still be a guy that can be very productive because he doesn't really rely on the velocity and it's all about spotting up and it's the finesse of his pitches and everything like that. Uh, but he's got to prove it on a more consistent basis, and hopefully he does that in the next coming months. All right, then we got one more from Brandon. Uh, he asked what his tracking number is, and I'll take this one. Uh, now it's getting to the fair point because we're supposed to be having these ships. So all these are heading out. Um, all the non-jerseys, the T-shirts, hats, all that stuff's heading out. Today and tomorrow, Brandon, I got yours. Uh, uh, I have a close eye on yours to get out uh, for your weekend series that you're going to. Um, and then I'll keep you guys posted on the emails. If you got anything, you have tracking numbers sent to you as well. Thank you, everyone, for your patience on those. Um, those are two write-ins. Anyone else want to join in, uh, request on to get become a speaker, and we will ask it up for Fred. I think the biggest thing, another thing over the weekend, and not to, um, not not to go too too much into detail on it, and uh, you know, labor the point, but it was something seeing Milwaukee's uh, roof leaked. It, it, it was really something. I again, I know they are first in the division. I know they have one of the best records in baseball. I know they have a really good starting pitching staff, and they deservingly so should be able to you know rep that and be proud of that but this this organization just I mean the fact that you got Bernie Brewer out here you know putting the uh no rain out since 2000 
one or whatever it is, when they got people literally getting pissed on from the top of the roof while they're trying to watch a baseball game, when they're simply, they thought they were going to show up to Wrigley North where they'd be, you know, fine and comfortable and uh, dry, and they're getting pissed on from the top of the roof because they can't fix their goddamn roof or shut it in time, whatever the case may be. It's got to stop. Like, listen, Brewers fans, I know you guys are in first place. I know you have a good team. I know you just spanked us twice over the weekend. But figure it out already. It's just the whole Jesus Christ Milwaukee over and over and over again. I mean, the fact that they were hard-paying customers who, A, the Chicagoans who actually spent money on the games, and then the other ones that spent it on Subway sandwiches showed up and got pissed on for the third time I had to say that. Uh, because you can't fix your roof is an absolute joke. Regardless if you're, regardless of if you're winning and killing us or not, it's a joke. And it will always be a joke. Well, Fred, I, I don't know. Actually, I didn't really talk to you about this, but I don't know why you're still doing the show or even still tweeting about the Cubs when they're losing. No Cubs exactly. fans care if they're losing. You're right. You're right. Nobody cares. No, yeah, you, you're right. When you're losing, nobody cares. You're totally right. Yeah, if they're losing, you can't talk. I can't believe you're still tweeting. Uh, yeah, sure. Hey, I'll take my I'll take my beating when the Cubs are getting smoked. I'm not new to it. I've been doing this for almost a decade. I know I know how it goes. Um, but again, Milwaukee, it doesn't change the fact that you can't even do the most simply the most simple things, the most elementary things correct on a consistent basis. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Going from one rival to another, maybe everyone says rival in a different way, but Crosstown Series coming up, White Sox obviously in uh, in their own situation of you know looking to be doing a lot better. How are you feeling going into it? Man, I you know so I do have a lot of friends who are White Sox fans, and over the last couple of years, I have made it a point to not talk about the White Sox because I'll be the first one to say it. They're the most sensitive fan base of all time. And I'm not even trying to start anything with White Sox fans. It's just a fact. They're incredibly sensitive. And if you say one thing about them, they are going to cry like my two-month-old. Um, but I can empathize with what they're going through right now. You go through a entire rebuild. You go through years of terrible baseball. And then when you have the team that's supposed to win, they're showing up like this and they have like a negative 23 run differential and they have a worse record than the Cubs and they're playing in a worse division than the Cubs. Yeah, I, I would be frustrated too. I've even heard from White Sox fans and I swear to God, I'm not even trying to say this to troll or make fun of them or anything. I've even heard from White Sox fans, diehard White Sox fans, that it might even be time to break it up because they have shown that they can't really get it together and they don't have enough professionals on the team. Again, people are going to think I'm trolling. I'm being dead serious when I've talked to multiple White Sox fans who have said this. So, yeah, it's a big series in the sense that it can obviously get the Cubs on the right track. Uh, the White Sox are still a good team. They have a lot of talent. It's not like they are, you know, some lowly franchise. Like, they have legitimate stars that can do a whole lot. But uh, I think every – I mean, especially right now, it might sound cliche, but every single game the Cubs play is huge in the sense that if we can find a way to hang around and be competitive, 
granted, we might trade away guys during the trade deadline, but it's not like we're trying to tank for the number one overall pick. It's not like we're trying to tank for a top three pick in the MLB draft. We're just trying to see some of our younger guys play well and try to give them the experience and the confidence to produce for the next great Cubs team, which I'm expecting to be. If it's not next year, it's 2024. I know we got a lot of prospects that are coming down the line in 2024 and 2025, but you can't continue on, you know, being a sub 500 team like the Cubs are right now for very long. So, um, yeah, I mean, these games are huge. I'm not necessarily trying to stick it to the White Sox or trying to embarrass the White Sox because, again, they are the most sensitive fan base of all time, and I'm not even trying to get started with them at all. But obviously a win is a win, and uh, beating a good team with good players is great, and hopefully that can propel us into the, the back end of this difficult stretch in the schedule right now. It's a weird, um, I don't know, series – considering the past few years of, I don't know, 10 years, like there's always like the Cubs are hot, the White Sox are hot, the past, you know, series with them. Yeah. So like always one team is able to talk shit to the other. Yeah. Right now it seems like everyone's just kind of in their own, like the White Sox know they got their own, they're not too confident about their team right now, at least for what their expectations were. And the Cubs are like, well, I mean, we're sitting with, you know, at best a 500 team that we're trying to push over the edge. So it's a weird dynamic where both teams are kind of like grinding out for their own reasons versus to kind of shove it in each other's face. I do think and it I, feels like, yeah. And, and you're right. And I want to be a little more specific with how I'm phrasing it though. Cause I know this is going to be a big topic throughout the week, especially during the white Sox games is if the Cubs win, they're going to say like, how are you guys losing to the Cubs? We're not even trying to win. That should not be like a, that should not be a way to embarrass another team. Like if you're not trying to win, that's embarrassing enough because every season matters and you're just like wasting your time, not trying to win. So I'm not trying to like berate or embarrass the white Sox for going for it and having the start to the season that they're having right now. They like the fact that they are going for it, I think says it all. I know white Sox fans are going to say you haven't spent enough money and Reinsdorf is cheap and all those types of things. But like, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be said in the same vein of like Cubs aren't trying to win, the White Sox are trying to win and the Cubs have a better record and might win a couple games. Like that shouldn't really happen because as a fan, I wish my team was going all in for it and if we fell short, we fell short. Like it it, it doesn't do you any good to have a team that's like not good and you don't really know when they're going to be very good or they're kind of in the middle um, and then be like, well, you know, at least we're not trying to win. It's just a stupid argument. So I am. I know a lot of people are going to say that, but I'm not going to discount or discredit the White Sox for actually trying to win when you are in when you're a Major League Baseball franchise. All right, a couple segments to get into. First, a new one from last week with the morale blend. Um, somebody who's been getting hot, someone who's getting you excited. It seems like they're chugging a bunch of morale blend in the dugout uh, this past week. Who do I think? Um, man, it, it's tough to say. I'm, I'm going to go Marcus Stroman. I'm going to go Marcus Stroman, always bringing the energy. I I want it to become a thing where he's getting the bleachers fired up. I think a confident, enthusiastic, uh, energetic, um, someone who is willing to talk the talk 
is the Marcus Stroman that we want. We don't want the uh, Marcus Stroman who's, you know, thinking about what he's going to say, who are missing his words. We want a confident, like, leader in the clubhouse because I think that's the best pitcher you're going to get over the course of 30 or 32 starts in one season. So, yeah, Marcus Stroman always bringing the energy. Uh, I would go advert for his start to this podcast, which was, again, phenomenal. But I'm going to go Stro just because of uh, what he means to the team because he is kind of the leader in a sense of the staff just because Kyle Hendricks is so, you know, quiet and doesn't really portray himself as a big leader in the clubhouse. Um, because, again, the better Stroman we have, you know, that just helps us out in plenty of different ways. So, yeah, I was fired up to see him pitch like we know he can pitch yesterday. All right. And to switch back, because we got a, a White Sox guy here himself, Brian Knights. Uh, switch back to White Sox talk. How's it going, Brian? How you feel? Welcome into the Morale Clubhouse. What's up, Brian? How you doing, Dom? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Brian, I have a lot of White Sox friends, and I know you're big on White Sox Twitter, and I appreciate what you do, even though I'm not a White Sox fan, and I know a lot of White Sox fans hate me. Can you just give us a rundown on where you guys are at right now? I know it can be kind of dr- – I don't mean to say this in a, in a bad way or trying to embarrass the fan base, but I know, I know White Sox Twitter can be a little emotional at times. Can you just tell us where, where we're at? as a White Sox fan base, even though I don't necessarily care, but it gives us context for this upcoming series. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a very reactionary fan base, especially on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> so this, this past week or so has not been much fun. Uh, but today was a beautiful ball game. So I think uh, to steal your, your thing here, the morale is all the way back after Dylan Cease took that mound today. And uh, we're looking forward to this week, and hopefully, it can be the spark of a winning streak. Now, is it a matter of is it a matter of just one game can bounce you guys back, or from your experience dealing with White Sox Twitter, is it a matter of like a week? Is it a matter of like two weeks of really good games, or is it really as re- reactionary as like one good start, see shoves, and we're back on track? I think for a portion. For a portion of White Sox Twitter, it's one game can bring you all the way back. I said after they lost on um, – when they lost yesterday – or not yesterday, the day before or whatever it was, I said that I'm going to give them like a week and a half to figure it out. And if they're still as bad as they were when they lost nine in a row, then I'll hit the panic button. But uh, a, a series split with the Angels, I, I'm, I've, I've tempered those emotions – for now and we'll see where this week goes but yeah i mean one big game can can all bring us all back uh, the thing is today's a, a hard win to uh like really get super fired up about because they're facing a lefty we need if the offense can spring together can come back and sp- string together some wins against right-handed pitching then i'll be all the way back yeah i hear you now Again, because most of the people who are listening are Cubs fans. Are you guys worried about the Cubs? What do you guys think about the Cubs? I know White Sox fans hate Cubs fans. I get it. Um, but is there any is there any sense of, like, we really need this game more than another game? Or is it just two games against the, you know, 
National League team and, you know, we'll move forward in the AL Central as those games come. I think I think that in the past it was more like when the Sox were rebuilding and the Cubs were good, it was like that's our World Series. So, like, they were big games when, like, Tyler, Tyler Saladino was walking off the Cubs. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a huge win for us. But, like, yeah. now it's like we expect to win. And, like, last season when Eloy was just hitting home runs every single game, that was, like, a big thing because it was, like, we're not only winning, we can also talk shit. And that's – talking shit is a big thing for Sox fans. Yeah. But uh, going into this series, I, I'm more I'm more looking at it not just to get wins against the Cubs, as, as fun as that is. I'm looking for this team to just get wins in general with yeah. how the, the, the recent stretch they've had. Like, I don't care who we're playing. Just win some damn games and, like, rattle off four or five in a row and let's see what happens. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think, yeah, that's kind of how I've, I don't want to say matured, but kind of changed over the years because when I was younger, I would get more fired up for White Sox games. Um, but as things have gone on, I know how, I know how emotional fans on both sides can be about these games where it's kind of different because I think other fans just don't care as much and they just look at the White Sox as another team. Um, and maybe the White Sox fans look at the Cubs as the same way. But we'll see what happens. Um, from a Cubs fan point, like you said, we just need to win. And I th- I personally think you guys are a really good team. And it's not like the Cubs can really talk any smack uh, because you guys are losing. Because you guys are going for it. And you're trying. At least at least you're trying. You're, you're spending more than the Cubs are. And that's, in my opinion, pretty admirable. That, that's rare nowadays. So we'll take it that. Is- yeah, it is. It is. It is rare. I don't like being in the situation where, no offense. I'm. I'm not trying to say this in an offensive way, but I think the Cubs should be spending more than the White Sox. On, I absolutely on agree. any given basis. I think anyone with a rational brain would agree with that statement. Fair enough. I just All want right, to point out how 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 sad the state is right now for Chicago baseball that we're at the point now where we're just like. At least you guys are trying, and we're just like, yeah. And it's like both teams just really expect a little bit more. I, I it's don't just like it. tough. I don't want it to be this way. I don't want it to be this way. I, I, again, I, I, I personally think, and I know a lot of Cubs fans are going to share my opinion, but I think you should always be going for it, regardless of you know where your team is at. Spending spending the dollar right now doesn't mean you're going to save the dollar or have the dollar in the future. You're just it's just going right back into the owner's pocket. So. Hey, at least the White Sox and Jerry are going for it. I know White Sox fans are pissed off at Jerry because they're not spending whatever two hundred thirty million, or they're in the you know luxury tax. But at least you guys are going for it and putting everything on the table. Yeah, we're always gonna be mad at Jerry. Uh, yeah. the, the, I, this series is just kind of it's it's harder to get fired up for when both teams are like nine and thirteen or whatever they are right now, versus like if it was like a weekend series in July. Like those are you're getting fired up for no matter what because it's a weekend like a Monday Tuesday when both teams are nine and 13, 20 games into the season it's the yeah. juices don't get as flown as much. No, you're right, and I think to 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 cap it off, I think there's been some good points that have been made recently, but I do think this fan base mean I'm, I'm sorry these games mean more to like people who grew up like within city limits or grew up maybe Cubs fans who grew up on the south side or Sox fans that like grew up on the north side in Wrigleyville and had to live with, you know, that 
berating back and forth for their entire lives. I think it means a little bit more than like people who are saying, you know, oh, I just like my team, but that, you know, I also like to see the other Chicago team do well. For some Sox fans and Cubs fans, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt who just genuinely hate both sides because I know growing up, you know, seeing or being embarrassed or being, you know, talked at for years and years when your team loses uh, can be pretty tough. So I, I empathize with that. I would agree with that. I mean, my, like, core group of friends, there's, like, seven of us, and we're split, like, right down the middle, four, three, Sox, Cubs. So, like, grow like, we were in high school. We were juniors in high school when the Cubs won the World Series, and that's, like, prime shit-talking years. Yeah. So, <laughs> now to throw it back in their face a little bit, it feels it feels good. So, you, you harbor that hate until you win some games, and then you just fire off at them. It's great. I understand. I understand. All right, Brian. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hopefully, the rest of Cubs fans and maybe some White Sox fans who are listening appreciate it. All the best. I'm not. I'm not saying you know. I hope you guys win, but you know what? I appreciate you uh, joining us and giving us a little insight on where you guys are at. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Brian. See you guys. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Two nine thirteen teams on a on a gray fifty degree day on Tuesday is is not as easy to get up for for July when both teams have something at stake but yeah, no, I think I think once the series gets started though uh there's a couple plays that are gonna happen people are gonna get fired up on Twitter and it's across town rivalry no matter what to be the rival I mean I, I can't go I can't have the same like hate or the same uh how do I want to put it? The same like motivation to beat the Cardinals and the Brewers than I can the White Sox. Like I can't go from like playing at Wrigley North and getting smoked by the Brewers to be as fired up to play the White Sox when you only play them four times a year. I just can't. I just can't. The those Brewers and Cardinals games just mean more. It's, it's always going to be that way. Yeah, I think it's going to take a special type of year from both teams to 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 match up, especially when this. When those games matter, like maybe towards like August, and both teams are fighting for something and bragging rights and all that uh, in a playoff spot, then that's the perfect storm. But um, until that is probably just some uh, drunk arguments uh, people getting into in the bleachers. For sure, for sure. All right, we'll take us into. In, let you know, we had Adbert's Olive Garden, but who are you taking Olive Garden this week? Um. Feel like I've, I feel like I've already done it with Scott Efros. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, maybe just Scott, table for three. You, Adbert, and Scott, then. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna go table for three. Just, I mean, I know I went on and on about Efros. I'm just super fired up for the guy. I, I think he deserves more love. I know it's hard to kind of shout out like middle relievers and like specialized relievers on Twitter, but he deserves a lot of. Uh, you know, praise a lot of good love for what he's been doing for the Cubs and hopefully continue it because the Cubs, you know, need every good pitcher they can get. And uh, I think he's a guy who can be around for a while because of how he throws and the, the type of stuff he's throwing is really unique to your everyday, you know, big league pitcher. So fired up for the guy, worked really hard. He's been an absolute bulldog out there and uh, been a, I, like arguably one of the first like morale morale fans i mean he's probably going to become a morale athlete sooner or later he should be by now actually um so yeah really fired up for the guy him 
Adbert and myself going to Olive Garden, scarfing out breadsticks. Um, that would be phenomenal. All right, and take us out into this week. I feel like I say it every single week, but I just am looking for the Cubs to hang around. I'm, I like I'm not looking for the Cubs to be at the top of the division. I'm not looking for them to be just absolutely bashing teams uh, by 10 runs every single game. I just want them to stay competitive. I just want them to hang around enough to where we can see somewhat of competitive games into June and July where, granted, I know we're probably going to trade some guys at the trade deadline. Like That's inevitable regardless if the Cubs were in contention or not. If you can trade Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, and Anthony Rizzo, in a matter of hours, then you can do it to literally anyone on the roster. So I just want them to stay competitive. I want to see some progress. It's great to see Nico playing better, a little bounce back for Saya, even though he's the rookie of the month. Uh, you know, some bounce back starts for <coughs> Hendricks, um, and then continue making progress with Justin Steele and a few of the young arms. And if that happens, then I'm, I'm relatively content. It doesn't mean that, I shouldn't expect more or I wish the Cubs were in a situation where we were playing better, but overall I'm always going to be looking for, you know, some type of progress, especially when you're in the situation that we're are, that we are in right now, 15th in payroll, you know, kind of middling in the, you know, NL and the NL central. So hopefully we see some good things, start making progress and have fun again. Right. Like that's what, that's why, people on twitter to be able to you know celebrate the cubs and you know celebrate home runs and wins and things like that it was it's what makes it fun and that's why we're all here right now so thanks again for everyone who's been here asking questions we appreciate it uh again clubhouse on twitter spaces every single week at 335 uh, and hopefully we have some better things to talk about next week Shout out to Morazole joining in and shout out to uh, Brian from uh, White Sox Twitter joining in as well. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys. God bless you and your family. We'll see you all tomorrow. Cubs and four. Cubs and four. See you, Red.